Hey, I'm Nancy Cavey. I'm a National ERISA and Individual Disability Attorney, and I want to welcome you to Winning Isn't Easy. Before we get started, I've got to give you a legal disclaimer. This podcast is not legal advice, but there's nothing that will ever prevent me from giving you an easy-to-understand overview of the disability insurance world, the games the carriers play, and what you need to know to get the disability insurance benefits you deserve. So off we go. I'm going to talk about three things today, and we're really going to be talking about the wonderful or maybe not so wonderful world of social media. First, do your social media posts make you a liar? What every long-term disability applicant needs to know about their social media posts. Two, a federal judge doesn't buy the window tour vacation video that Unum relied on in denying claims and lessons you can learn. And then third, my social media warning that you should take seriously. Let's take a break for a moment before we get started with this episode. Have you been robbed of your peace of mind from your disability insurance carrier? You owe it to yourself to get a copy of Robbed of Your Peace of Mind, which provides you with everything you need to know about the long-term disability claim process. Request your free copy of the book at kvlaw.com today. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. Are you ready to get started? Do your social media posts make you a liar? What every long-term disability applicant and recipient needs to know about their social media posts. Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Disability insurance companies aren't in the business of paying disability benefits. They will use every trick in the book to deny a claim. And you can be assured that your disability carrier is going to check your social media posts as part of their claims review process. And that's going to happen when you apply for benefits, when your claim has been accepted, and as a tool that they will use to decide whether or not they're going to terminate your benefits at some point. So what you need to know is that what's in your social media post can make or break your long-term disability case. Do you know what's on your Facebook page or the friends who have posted about you or what's on your LinkedIn profile? You better know. Let me tell you the story of Ms. Malik, a photographer for Associated Retinal Consultants. It was a light duty type of job, and she claimed that she was disabled because of low back pain as a result of moving heavy equipment and because of Guillain-Barre syndrome and fibromyalgia symptoms. So as always, we start with the definition of disability. In the case of Malik versus Unum, which is a, a Eastern District of Michigan case, The definition of disability was an inability to perform the material and substantial duties of your regular occupation due to your sickness or injury. And then after 24 months, the inability to perform the material and substantial duties of any occupation. Now, she complained of debilitating pain. She told Unum that her entire days were spent trying to manage her pain and that her pain severely affected her concentration, making most days impossible to read or even research anything. So what did Unum do? Well, guess what? Unum looked at her social media accounts. And what they found was that she was active in researching and writing about radiation issues from at least 2001 to at least March of 2014. In fact, they found that she wrote an article in mid-2012 in which she stated that she maintained several websites to teach people about radiation, mitigation, and other nuclear issues. She was even the host of a show called Nuked Radio, which aired on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 
on Orion Talk Show Network. Now, it got worse because Unum checked her LinkedIn profile, which indicated she had hosted 117 episodes of the radio show between March of 2012 and June of 2013. In January of 2014, she had claimed in one of her articles that she had read over 9,000 studies and research papers in the last three years and had a team of approximately 20 trusted volunteers, all of whom who shared common and deeply felt policing concerns about radiation issues. Now it continued to get worse. Malik had a Facebook page. She had founded Rad Chick Radiation Research and Mitigation in the time she was collecting her benefits. Unum checked the group's Facebook page, and that documented over 14,000 likes. Her own personal Facebook page documented that she had hiked several nature trails during the period of time in which she claimed that she couldn't work. And, of course, she checked Twitter. Or they checked Twitter. And her Twitter feed at RadChickForecast had 1,727 followers and 21,100 tweets. So what did Unum do with all this information? Well, they rightfully determined that she was no longer disabled within the meaning of the policy, and they denied the payment of future benefits. Now, Malik continued to play games, and within days of the receipt of Unum's denial letter, she presented on multiple occasions to the emergency room, complaining of pain, muscle weakness, chest pain, confusion, neck spasm, and spells. And guess what? Her physical examination at each one of these emergency room visits was normal, and every diagnostic study that was performed was negative. Now, as you can imagine, after her claim was denied, she appealed and ultimately this case ended up in court. So the question becomes, how did the court view all of this social media information? Well, <clears throat> to say the least, the judge was not pleased. He noted that Malik's substantial social media activity strongly suggested that her reported symptoms were not as severe as she claimed them to be. She, or the judge rather, rejected her argument that her history of a temporary ability to devote a few hours a week to a podcast and a Facebook page from her bed was not indicative of an, ab an ability to hold down a job. The judge even commented that reading 9,000 studies and research papers, hosting 117 episodes of a radio show, managing a team of 20 trusted volunteers, and posting 21,100 tweets to her Twitter account was not consistent with her allegation that she was spending her entire day managing her pain or that her pain affected her concentration, making it impossible to read or research anything. In upholding the claims denial, the judge found that her social media activity called into question whether her symptoms were as severe as she claimed. And he agreed that Unum had a good reason to deny her claim. So what are the lessons learned? First, don't lie to the insurance company or your doctors about the extent and nature of your physical activity. Two, turn off all your social media. Do not post anything when you decide to file a claim. Three, don't post anything once you're on claim. Four, don't allow your family or friends to post about you or post pictures. Five, you're going to expect that the disability insurance carrier is going to do an investigation of your social media posts, including things like LinkedIn. And lastly, don't expect a court to overturn a claims denial if there's exaggeration or questions about your truthfulness, about your stated limitations. Because if there's a conflict in the medical records and your activity of daily living forms and what you're posting on social media, more likely than not, the court is going to go with what you're posting on social media. 
Now, I know that social media is a form of curated reality, but it's the nature of the post, the extent of the post, the activity that's discussed on the post in comparison to what you tell the insurance company you can and cannot do and what you're telling your doctors. So don't destroy your claim with a social media uh, flurry of posts or photographs. Let's take a quick break before we head into our next section. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. I'm going to talk about how one federal judge didn't buy the window tour vacation video that Unum relies on in denying a claim. Now, disability carriers track a disability applicant's social media posts, and they use uh, what they find as a grounds for denying a claim or denying a claim uh, that's being paid. And as a result of what they'll see on the social media posts, they can also assign surveillance. So before you stop work and apply for your benefits, I want you to turn off your social media accounts. And when you're paid benefits, I want you to keep those social media accounts turned off. In fact, I want you to tell your family and friends, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever post anything about what you are doing on social media. And if you don't follow this advice, there's a darn good chance that you can lose your benefits just like Mr. Luna did. So let me tell you the story of Mr. Luna. He was a systems engineer and he became disabled as a result of rheumatoid arthritis, a rotator cuff injury, fibromyalgia, post-traumatic stress disorder, migraines, and thoracic back pain. Now he claimed that he had pain all over his body, that his pain level was anywhere from an eight to nine, and sometimes it was even as high as 10 out of 10. He claimed that he needed the assistance from his wife and his son to bathe, to dress, and even to drive. Unum is one of the most aggressive disability insurance companies about tracking social media posts and using surveillance. If you have a Unum claim, expect them to use these denial tools in assessing the continued payment of your benefits. Now, Mr. Luna, in fact, had been taking RV trips and even had taken a vacation to Hawaii. And he posted about it. Unum ultimately puts surveillance on him because of what he has disclosed on his social media posts. And guess what the surveillance shows? It shows him walking unassisted and going into a restaurant. Now, obviously, Unum used that information to deny the claim. And the case obviously ended up in front of a federal judge. Luna argued that he was in a wheelchair accessible RV and that his son and his wife drove uh, the vehicle while he was strapped into his wheelchair looking out the window. Lunum told Unum and Facebook that, you know, Facebook's not real. It's a place where you document the happy things in your life. But the judge didn't buy that. And the judge also ultimately rejected the opinions of Luna's treating physicians and specialists because they had relied on his representations to them uh, that he had pain all over his body with pain levels as high as 10. What happened, of course, is that the judge said, if these doctors rely on these subjective complaints and these subjective complaints are not valid, then the opinions of the physician about Mr. Luna's ability to work also falls. 
clearly. The lesson is don't post on Facebook ever, 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 and always tell the truth to the insurance company and your doctors about your level of functionality. Otherwise, it's going to come back and bite you. And you will have given the disability insurance carrier a weapon to deny and terminate your benefits. So don't make a mistake like Doc, uh, Mr. Luna. Let's take a break for a moment. Are you a professional with questions about your individual disability policy? You need the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. This book gives you a comprehensive understanding of your disability policy with tips and to-dos regarding your disability application that will assist you in submitting a winning disability application. This is one you won't want to miss. For the next 24 hours, we are giving away free copies of the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. Order yours today at disabilityclaimsforprofessionals.com. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. I'm going to tell you our social media warning. And this is a warning that I send to all of my clients. And it starts out by saying, social networking could damage or destroy your disability case. Dear client, Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, and other social networks are popular with people of all age groups. You may have read about employers using these sites to screen job applicants or check up on their employees. Even high school students who apply for National Honor Society have learned that what they put on their Facebook pages can be used to deny them admission to the, these types of prestigious organizations. Even the Florida Bar looks at Facebook pages of lawyers who are applying to be admitted to the Florida Bar. Yes, I know that everyone is on Facebook and everyone is tweeting, but guess what? These sites are not just for keeping up with your friends. Disability insurance companies and their attorneys use these sites also. Disability adjusters check Facebook, MySpace, as old as it is, Twitter, and other accounts to get information about you. There may be valuable information about you on these sites that could severely damage or destroy your disability claim. The disability insurance adjuster's job is to pay as little as possible or to even deny your claim. Social media sites can help the adjuster do their job. So please shut down your account today. I also add to this letter a comments about gamers. Now, if you think that you're gaming in isolation, you are crazy because I have had clients who have disclosed in other sites that they're gaming or have been tracked down to gaming sites. And in one particular case, my client alleged that he had difficulty sitting for more than 20 minutes and had visual difficulties. And guess what they got and got and got and got and got. They got tons of gaming information about him and even videotaped him gaming. What do you think happened to that claim? It got denied. And ultimately, the case got settled for a fraction of the value of the case. So don't destroy your case. Don't destroy your case. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Winning Isn't Easy. If you've enjoyed this episode, consider liking our page, leaving a review, or sharing it with your friends and family. Also, consider subscribing to this podcast so you'll be notified every time a new episode comes out. I hope that you'll tune in to next week's insightful episode of Winning Isn't Easy. Thanks.